Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Excited to have our guest today in Doug Grant, uh, founder of Optimal Health Systems and also known as The Formulator. We'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, but Doug was the first nutritionist ever hired in the NBA, hired by the Phoenix Suns, has worked with uh, thousands of CEOs, athletes, and entrepreneurs, and looking forward to talking to him about peak performance and really not only just peak performance in, in his experience and the career that he's had thus far uh, and the wisdom that he shares with everybody else, but also for all of us uh, in the front office that we've talked to, you know, 350 plus uh, guests now, what is peak performance in the office? Uh, everybody focuses on the court, right, with the athletes, but there's also a peak performance side in the office. So we'll, talk, we'll get into it. Doug, welcome. Excited. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. I love the Diamondback shirt there. <laughs> there we go. Hey, got to represent, right? So Absolutely. I was one of the best times working uh, with them that, that World Series year. So um, it's great to see you represented. <laughs> Doug, when you think about peak performance, uh, and, and we'll get into a little bit of how you came with uh, the, the name, the formulator and, and uh, kind of your, your journey, but when you think about peak performance as a whole, what comes to mind at first? Because not everybody necessarily thinks of peak performance the same way. Yeah, no, exactly. Especially when we're talking about families or at work, like, you know, in the front office, the type stuff. But really what it comes down to for me is a little bit different than everyone else. It comes down to creating more high performance moments. Um, because when I was hired uh, by the Phoenix Suns and eventually the Diamondbacks and the Mercury and, and the other teams around the NBA, they didn't care about me. They didn't care about uh, my name. They really didn't care about even like, um, oh, you're a nutritionist and trainer and you formulate products based off blood. All that. None of that, that stuff itself didn't matter. What mattered was to be able to create more high performance moments. And I think that's true with every single person in every walk of life that no matter where we're at with our health, um, there's days when we fire right, right? Like we, it's, it's kicking and we have a good, even an hour or so, or make this good decision. Like, man, I'm on a roll. Like we all feel that sometime, you know, and that's a high performance moment. And so the key really is how do we create more of those? How do we really get that? So whenever an athlete would like in basketball would score 50, 60 points a game, They'd call me and say, Doug, find out what the parameters are, find out what the markers are and see if we can duplicate, you know, something to be able to have more of those moments. That was really my job. And so we'd go in and we'd do the blood work, we'd do the analysis, we'd do the, you know, we'd do the questionnaires, we'd find out what's going on. You know, their mom was in the stands for the first time, you know, ever, whatever it was that, that helped them have that high performance moment. And so for me, that's what it is, is it's about having more high performance moments, what you need to do with your habits and uh, nutritionally, you know, fitness wise to be able to get your body in a place to have more of those in your life, whether those performance moments are with your kids, they're, they're the office to be more productive, more than that, you know, hour and a half to two hours a day, we usually get from 
from office and you look at the research. And uh, once we do that and we dial in what it takes to have more high performance moments, then our life just improves. And when you talk about the high performance moments being in that hour, hour and a half, two hour time frame, it's interesting, right? Because one would think, well, I had a great day. I was at the office for 10 hours and got all this stuff done, right? Like, is that really high performance or is that just getting things done in a certain amount of time, but knowing that, hey, you might've been able to get what you did, uh, get done what you did in half the amount of time if you were actually at peak performance, right? Absolutely, absolutely, or made better decisions so that those things that got done got done at a higher level. You know, there's a lot of parts of that, but 100%. Is could more get done the same amount of time, or could there be higher quality from the work that did get done? And I think we all know internally that those days when we truly get that extra, and that's what really my job is, is to create more high performance moments. But now with the public and people um, in everyday walks of life versus as much with the athletes. So I mentioned earlier in the beginning that you know you've worked with CEOs, athletes, entrepreneurs. What's one of the common themes across? the struggle of peak performance, right? And what you're, what you're constantly trying to work on with uh, these high performing individuals that, hey, you, you know, this isn't all easy, right? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's, it's fun, funny because it's simple, but not easy. In other words, the principles we've learned over the decades make it to where we can lay out a plan for people to reach more high performance moments. That's just actually simple part of it now that we've done all that work it's not as easy to change habits and that's really what it comes down to. And so the thing to answer the question, the thing I've actually learned the most and it's changed over the years is first, we need to get the body in peak performance state. In other words, eating healthier, exercising, have the power of the mind, um, you know, having your goals set and, and, and fixed and getting those things going. But then I've learned that once we've done that with people, and they start having more high performance moments. If they're not balanced, you know, in their life, um, outside of whatever that is, you know, the, the work at the office, the performance on the court or on the field, or whatever it might be, if they don't have the other balance, then at some point it comes tumbling down. And so it's two things. One is personal balance health-wise with the right nutrition, exercise, your daily habits, the things you put in your body and the movements you make. And then secondly, it's the balance outside of just that physical self, um, what's going on with you from, you know, not just the physical standpoint, but uh, the, the spiritual, the, the, the moral, even the financial type um, and that balance. And if that's all comes together, if you have some balance that's improving in life and at the same time physically, then um, those high performance moments come and uh, they come often and they're more enjoyable and they're long lasting. Let's dissect the first part a bit, and then and then I've got a question for you on the second part because there's a lot to unpack, right? It's like, yeah. Well, when you think about uh, being able to sustain peak performance over a long period of time, right? There, there's that component, but then also you mentioned, you know, nutrition, exercise, working out, could be meditating, could be yoga, whatever it might be. What are those things that people aren't doing necessarily, or they do it for a month, try, you know, they get into a good routine, then they fall out of the routine. So uh, you mentioned habits, right? And how important is that routine? Again, not everybody's a routineistic person, right? But routine and habits kind of all fall in the same line. 
right? And you know, the the truth is, it's not every, if you ask people, they'll be like, well, yeah, I'm not that type of person. I'm not regimented. I'm not routine. Everyone is. Everyone has habits. Now they might not be the healthiest habits. Um, but everyone has habits. They wake up at a certain time for the most part every day. That's a habit. Um, they eat a certain weight pretty consistently. That's a habit. And so what they're saying is they might not have healthy habits and they might not be in the routine of doing things, you know, the, the right way that they know innately they should be doing, but we all have habits. All it is is adjusting those habits to be healthier for the body. So really the, the top things that people need to do is have the right goals, the right mindset, and that comes from data. So in other words, you do a tape measure around the largest part of your hips and the largest part or the smallest part of your of your stomach. If it's not one to one, then you really should be focusing on body fat and, you know, your 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 weight distribution and uh, that type of data. Right. You get data to see where you're at health wise. Most people know, do I really need to lose a little body fat? Do I need to do a few things to get my energy levels up? You know, that type of thing. But you get that mindset and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to reduce my body fat this or, you know, lose so many inches, um, whatever it might be. So you get the mind where it needs to be like, I'm committed to be healthier, right? And then you do the nutrition. That's the second part of it, which is huge, is the nutrition side of it. Most of us don't understand that nutrition, besides once you have the mindset, is by far in a way the most important thing you can do for your health. And um, we usually shy away from that. You know, we have uh, people that will spend extra time in the gym or be committed to that, but they won't spend extra time planning their day of what they're going to eat when it just takes like five minutes to think about the day. Where am I going to be? What am I going to do? Okay, here's, you know, how I'm going to eat today or where I'm going to find the foods to be able to eat healthy. So nutrition is really, really the huge factor. If you had to pick one missing link, it's usually nutrition. Yeah, it's following good habits and just simple habits. Okay, I'm going to cut out sodas, um, or if I'm drinking three or four or five a day, I'm going to cut it to one and then eventually to none, or I'm going to cut out fried food. It's just getting in those habits. And then the third, so the mindset, the nutrition, the exercise is third, is consistency. Uh, most people go hard and then zero, hard and zero versus just consistent. I'd rather have 15 minutes a day, right, than an hour uh, once or twice a week, and then they're so sore they can't lift for a while and they go weeks. Just consistency of exercise. And then the last thing, and it's last, but it's important, is just supplementation. Just find out what your body needs, get some blood work done, make sure you add back, you know, get your vitamin D levels up so you don't get depressed, you know, have your nutrients where you can burn more calories and you have a good mindset that your cognitive function is strong to keep you, you know, focused. And those types of things. So, so mindset, nutrition, exercise, specific supplementation. That's the that's the health side of it. Love it. Well, we all have tools, right, in our tool bag that we use for for work in the office, right? You've got your you know this app, you know that that tablet, <laughs> that phone, you know whatever it might be, right? And you've got those things that help you along the way and make you more efficient. That um, you know calendar reminders, right? Like whatever it is that makes you perform, right. but then you've got that nutrition piece that you just kind of outlined for us. I have one more question on that because it's, it's not easy, right? And when you think about the nutrition aspect and, and how it impacts energy, right? And sustaining people in the front office, it's no secret, right? Long hours, uh, games, right? And so on and so forth. You've been it, you've experienced it, right? what can they do? What's like one or two simple tips for those that maybe aren't the nutrition expert and they just want to understand, Hey, if I just do these couple things, am I getting myself on the right track? 
hundred percent. And you know, what's interesting is when back with the Phoenix Suns with Jerry Colangelo and he had me then starting working with, you know, the Diamondbacks and the different teams. One of the things I ended up doing with them and the Heat and the Spurs was going to the front office and meeting and giving um, lectures or trainings to the entire office staff because they wanted them to have more high performance moments. You know, Colangelo was just a phenomenal at understanding the importance of that through the whole organization. And so I'll tell you what I told them over the years um, on the nutrition side. And that is this, look, here are the foods that are actually most detrimental to your health. And here are the foods that are, that are most beneficial to your health. And so let's just make a switch. So the best, most detrimental foods that you can work to get rid of are fried foods, carbonation, and white flour. And white flour is interesting. You think I've just said sugar, but, but the research is really straightforward with this. Cut out fried foods, that's pretty easy. You go eat, just make choices that aren't fried food. Carbonation, it's a little tougher. Some people are really addicted to carbonation. A lot of people understand that, that alcohol is carbonated, your sodas, your monster drinks, your Red Bulls. It's not just the Pepsi, Coke, 7-Up, that all these things are carbonated. Hold on, I'm going to stop you on the carbonation. I really like sparkling water. Am I in trouble? <laughs> you're, you're better off than most, but still, <laughs> it's a carbonic or phosphoric acid. And it's that the body, um, well, our environment, we live in an acidic environment. And the more acid our body is, the higher the risk of disease, the lower our energy. Um, it puts us in a state that, that really is not conducive to more high performance moments. So we want to cut out the acid. And that's an acid. And so we work to just say, look, try to just drink more water, be able to. Um, nowadays, you can actually find fresh food juices easier. Um, I've noticed that even in some of the speedways and Circle Ks and stuff, they'll have some of the fresh juice in the glass bottles, things like, like that. So basically, cutting down the carbonation. And if you like it and you have it a whole bunch, just cut it down a little bit at a time. This is, this is a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. And so it's just that 1% better, as James Clear talks about each day, you know, in Atomic Habits, that you want to just get that little bit better each day. You're heading the right way. And that's really what the key is with it. So with the sodas, yes, any type of uh, sparkling water, carbonation, again, beer and that is carbonation. Um, we want to cut down on, we want to get to a point where we're having it very, uh, very seldom. Now, very seldom is important too, because there, I do believe in treat mills. I believe in, in times that are treat, but what you do consistency creates your health. That's the key. If you do something every day, that is going to either create health or it's going to take away health, right? That's, that's the bottom line. So look at the things you're doing. And if some of the things, if it's fried food, if it's carbonation, if it's white flour, you know, pastry type stuff, um, then just don't do it every day and try to make it further and further in between. You'll enjoy the food better because then it's a treat and you're actually not on the daily adding to that you know, problem of building up the acidity and building up uh, the what we call free radicals because of the fried food and that in the body. So that, that part, those are three things. And then add back more fresh foods. It's pretty simple with that to understand a fresh food, right? Your, your fruits, your berries, your vegetables have food as close to their natural state as possible and drink them, drink about a gallon of water a day. And so try to eat more fresh foods and get away from the processed foods. And you're going to be very, you're going to have a huge health uh, change and you're going to be have more high performance moments. Well, I love to say health is wealth, right? If you don't have your health, you really don't have anything. And that's kind of the foundation building block of, um, 
you know, how do you maximize your day? And, and uh, I know you've, you've kind of got a tidbit on that of just, you know, some people sacrifice their health to try and create wealth, right? And can you just dive into that for us a little bit on, on what you mean? Yeah, and it's actually been interesting because, you know, me being hired at first just for the athletes, um, it didn't take long for the CEOs, the owners of the teams to be able to come, you know, from uh, the Miami Heat and the, and the Spurs and the Suns and Vibex and all that. And, and the owners and the CEO, the people in the top office, head office, we're like, wait a second, you're creating more high performance moments of athletes. We need them. And to realize that actually most of these successful people did sacrifice their health to get to where they were at, where they started being successful. They, they you know, put the extra hours in, they, they made uh, the sacrifices and they're like, crap. Well, just like you said, wait, I can't enjoy it at the level I want to because I sacrificed my health to get here. And uh, that's actually my main job now to tr tell the truth is I work with people that are, that have come to that reality and you know, like, oh man, I got to get it back. And that is really the key is, is you want to be able to enjoy what you have, but, but what I've learned is to enjoy the trip that, yeah, you're grinded out in your twenties, thirties, forties, whatever it might be to be able to accomplish something. But those are the times you actually should enjoy the trip. You do have the energy, so you can grind higher, harder. You can put the up more effort in, but you should make sure you enjoy it and you enjoy it by following health principles to be able to have more high performance moments on that journey and that those memories. And for those that don't do that, can they get it back? Sure. Um, that's where we got to go in and really, you know, focus on those habits and that they've, they've, you know, created to fix them. But if I had a dollar for every person that was over 40, 45, that said, man, I wish I wouldn't have sacrificed my health to get to where I am. I'm not able to enjoy this part of my life. I accomplished all my goals financially, but I didn't realize that I can't, I wasn't going to be able to enjoy them because I sacrificed my health. Um, I, you know, I'd be a, a rich man because of that. It's just that you hear, usually it's after the fact. And part of what I really like to do is to get people to realize ahead of time. And you're starting to see that. So people that are, are appreciating the importance of their health along that journey, and they're, they're not sacrificing and they're realizing that if they do the right habits, right, they have the mindset, the nutrition, the exercise, the right supplements. Um, if they do that along the way that they enjoy uh, the, the trip even more. And um, it's a really great thing to see some people actually, you know, setting the standard now instead of once they get there trying to go back and, and fix what was uh, what was done. One thing, you know, within the industry is, especially early on, is people have to usually move, right, in order to continue to progress in their career or take different opportunities, find out what they really want to do. And when you think about moving, different cultures, different, you know, I just, an example, right? Like the culture and the, uh, the habits you create from an exercise nutrition standpoint is going to be different in the different regions of the country, right? And the, and what options you have. And when you go out to eat, what are the options you have on the menu and, and all those, all those different things, but then also, uh, the people that are around you and what are their habits? What do they like to do? What do you fall into, uh, because you're around that. And so, when you think about people moving, it could be athletes, it could be CEOs, entrepreneurs, it could be the 22 year old starting out of college with their first job and, and moving to a totally different city because they only grew up in one part of the country, but now they're going to a city where they were used to being in a suburb and uh, you know now they gotta walk every, right? Like it's, it's different. So yeah. when you think about different lifestyles, uh, 
um, different habits created at different points in your life. What's the piece of advice you have for those uh, as they go throughout that journey and that trip that you're talking about? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. I'm going to give an answer that's different than most with that. And I think it's because of just years and years and decades of experience. Because you always hear about you're a product of your environment. And so, as you mentioned, you move somewhere and let's say it's a different crowd and they're used to going out and drinking and, you know, eating different and a little bit unhealthier or whatever it might be, or you live in a different place that, that people maybe don't exercise as much. And so you always hear that. Well, I'm a product of my environment. You're a product of my environment. You are a product of your environment. But who determines what the environment is? That's really the key. Think about it. So you have a room and you have five people in that room or new friends. You go and you have that new group of five people. Well, someone's got to be the alpha. Someone's got to set the tone for what that environment is. And so who does that? Who does that is one that has the strongest mindset and habits towards you know whatever they're doing, whatever they're wanting to accomplish. And so, for example, uh, we'll be in Las Vegas uh, this weekend. I'm in Las Vegas a lot. And you think, well, that, that environment can be crazy, right? All the drinking and the gambling and the food and everything like it is. And uh, once in a while, we'll, we'll have an experience where we have a treatment and stuff. But when I go, the people around like, oh, well, let's make sure we go somewhere that has, you know, some salads and this for diet and, and you know, different things like that. Why? Because they know that that is the standard that I have the standard of eating. And, you know, we'll make sure we go somewhere that there's a gym or somewhere we'll be able to exercise. And everyone knows that's going to happen, whether they participate or not, they know what's going to happen. And most are extremely nice about making sure that environment is set to um, the habits they know I have. And so when you move, if you move and you, you have some set habits, look, these are the things I eat. I don't have the fried foods. I'm not moving down South though, because the team, you know, I moved to a different organization, whatever it might be. And they're really big on that. That's okay. If you go there with that standard and people get to know that, um, people will will rally around you. It's really, if a lot of people think, well, well I'll get made fun of because I eat healthy or I ordered, you know, a salad and these things. The truth is that if you're really committed to your goals and you stand for what they are, say, yeah, I just want to be healthy. I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy my kids. I want to go home and not just sit around and not have the energy. And, and these are the things I do. People are like, they appreciate that. So, so even though you might move in your career, you might go different places and stuff. If you take with you those solid habits, and that mindset of health, then not only will you be able to continue on that, but you're going to actually enroll others in that mindset and that group, your environment will be created by you. So um, I'm really big on people. Well, I got around these people and you know, I fell and all that. Well, then you are strong enough in your habits. You're, you need to be the alpha in that group and say, this is the way I eat. I don't drink this. I don't eat that. I, I have once in a while, but not on a consistent basis. And so I, I'm just a firm believer of that. Whoever, whoever has the strongest habits and beliefs is the one that creates the environment. I love it. And there's a, there's a level of discipline in there, right? As someone who doesn't drink at all, I just don't like it. And it's not for me. Someone who's a vegetarian, right? You fall into some of those traps of, you know, going out with colleagues or being able to go to a restaurant and actually eat something, right? Or do you just, you know, sit there and enjoy the company and, uh, those things, again, depending on where you are, harder than others. Um, but as we wrap up the episode, I, I want to ask, you know, I, I can't start off the episode by saying, hey, you were the formulator. And then people are like, well, what was the formulator? Like, what, what did he actually do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so just give us a quick snippet of uh, your experience being the first nutritionist in the NBA, what you learned 
um, in, in kind of a, a quick GPS of that journey. Yeah, well, thanks. Well, I think that kind of we summed it up already. Really, it was, um, although I was the first nutritionist in the MBA, I was more hired to help people have more of the high performance moments. And that journey led to realizing the owners, Jerry Colangelo, and I said, look, they need more high performance moments in the front office. Um, we need it with our family. You know, we started having the wives of the athletes come in um, and work with them because they knew what happened in the home was key to truly what happened on the court. And so um, although my, my nickname was the formulator, uh, it wasn't necessarily just because I formulate nutritional supplements based on blood work and that. It was that I formulate plans for people to reach optimal health. And it comes down to working with them on what they do on the daily with their habits of mindset, nutrition, exercise, specific supplementation, and those things. So that is really is the formulators more to formulate the plans. And we've talked a lot about them today, just changing the habits, healthier habits consistently with nutrition, healthier habits with exercise, healthier habits with, you know, we didn't talk much about supplementation, but, but bottom line is it's important, but most people don't know what they're taking and when and why. And, you know, it's like this, uh, you know, ambiguous thing. Look, you can do blood work once or twice a year, look and see what your body needs, take what you need, just add back, you know, you're not getting in the foods that you eat and just take care of those basics. It's important. It's not first and foremost, but it's important. And you do those things. So even though a lot of people think the formulator is my job because I formulate, you know, whole food supplements and we teach doctors how to read blood work nutritionally and work with the public and stuff like that. It's more of overall, the things that you really hear that's most important is formulating a game plan for your life um, and understanding it's about balance. And the more balance you have personally with nutrition, exercise, supplementation, your goal setting, the better off you are. And then also separate from that in your, in your life with, you know, the financial, the moral, the spiritual side, just having that balance and whatever it is that you do to get that right. Not so we're going to go there with this, this episode, but, but that's where the formulator came from. And that's how come we were able to went, work with the Suns, get them to that, you know, world series that year, go over to the Diamondbacks, uh, be able to work with them to have that phenomenal year in 2001 when we won the world series, right. And that seven game series against the Yankees and um, with the, then with the heat and the Spurs and their world championships, it was, Taking great athletes who are already great and helping tweak their daily habits to have more high performance moments to create world champions. And that's the same thing in our daily life. You're already great. Each one of every person's already great. They already have great attributes. What can we tweak with their habits to be able to create more high performance moments? And that formulating those things in their life is a lot of what I do. And so that's the, the programs that we have is to help people based on how much help they need. Do they need their hand held all the way through or do they just need some basic guidelines and things so that they can you know, get rolling in life? And whatever that is, that's, that's what I'm here for is to help them formulate those plans to have more high performance moments. I love it. We can't end the episode uh, without asking one habit that you're working on yourself um, because that wouldn't be appropriate, right? And then we'll get to rapid fire. <laughs> that's it's great. I don't get asked that too often. Um, and actually with me right now, it's being able to tone down my uh, exercise and I'm a little bit older, um, you know, in the 50s. And I have the I've always had the tendency to go too hard. And then all of a sudden I take too many days off because it took so long to recover at my age. And so for me is to be able just to stay consistent without going too much, just to have a habit of that 20 minutes a day consistently to go through 
And then I constantly work on my morning habits. It's, it's so easy for me to stay up late and get my, my mind keeps going, 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 and I'll go till two or three in the morning when truly I should be going to bed at, you know, 9, 30, 10 and getting up, you know, at 4, 35. And so those are my two things that I work on the most right now in my life is consistency of just small amounts of exercise consistently and that morning night habit uh, that a lot of times happens with uh, entrepreneurs, right? We can't shut down our mind. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, the busy mind is, is it's a good and a bad thing, right? There's a love and hate relationship there. Um, all right, let's, let's finish up with some rapid fire, Doug. What's, what's the favorite food to recommend to any athlete? Great question. Sweet potato. Um, raw have sweet. You, have you ever had purple sweet potatoes? I love purple sweet potatoes. The, the sweet potato we recommend are the orange, you know, people call me yams, whatever. So I'll just say orange sweet potatoes to make it short. A quick story about that is with the Phoenix Suns, um, it was so important that I wanted it's the most nutrient dense food on the planet. It's the sweet potato. And we, we, the first thing I did with the Suns is we took out any cooked and processed food two hours before game. So we'd come in with these platters with vegetables and fruits and things. And I had sweet potatoes cut up in little round circles and they never ate them. So then we had the chef started cutting them up to look like little carrot slices. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they were gone and everyone ate them. The only difference was we made them look like carrot slices, but um, sweet potatoes. Love it. What's the one food that you have cut out from everything, but you're like, man, that's, it's still really good when I have it. Yeah. Uh, Pepsi. Um, soda. Um, and I cut it out just because the research is so phenomenally strong on it. But growing up, um, I'm one of my greatest memories. My mom sitting there with the Pepsi, you know, and, and drinking a Pepsi that's cold ice and I'd go sneak over and get a sip and that. So I have these fond memories from, um, thinking of my mom. So I have this deep connection with Pepsi. And so do I have a Pepsi? Yeah. I have one about every three or four months and I do it usually in memory and think of some good thoughts and, you know, things like that. Uh, but it, it's tough to stay away from carbonation most part, but once you create that habit, then it makes it so that when you do have it, you enjoy it even more. So Pepsi. favorite favorite type of exercise. Oh, by far is in a category strength training. Um, but as far as individual, I'm a guy. So bench press. <laughs> uh, uh, Wait, so so 225, how many you got? Well, that's funny. So the most I ever got at 225 was was 15. I actually for a while, that was my, what I did for competition. Um, you know, my family competes in bodybuilding and then I never got into that. I don't, I don't have the body for bodybuilding. So I, I competed in powerlifting. So I, I love the bench press, but uh, uh, you pay the price as you get older. If you've bench pressed super heavy your whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I've gone away from that a little bit, but I, I can, it, that's the natural competitor in you. That's, that's cool. what it is. Uh, favorite athlete you've worked with. Whoa, great question. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm an Arizona boy, so you think I would stay here with that, but I've got to tell you that my favorite athlete to work with, uh, there was two of them, but one, the one main one was David Robinson, uh, basketball player from the San Antonio Spurs. And the reason was he was the most respectful athlete I've ever worked with. I met him. He always said, yes, sir. He never signed his name without signing a scripture or a quote or something with it. Took it time with people. I've just never seen a more selfless athlete uh given of their time and then you saw what happened after him right he he also took people under his wing tim duncan and others that ended up creating world championships because of who he was so um 
David Robinson overall, my favorite from the, the Suns or the Diamondbacks, uh, Dan Marley um, and Matt Williams from the Diamondbacks. Dan Marley from the Suns and Matt Williams from the Diamondbacks. There you go. Last question for you. Um, favorite place in Arizona since we were both uh, born and raised? <laughs> A great, great question. Favorite place in Arizona? I have to say that um, we have a, I don't want to give it away, but we have a real a special spot up here in Southeastern Arizona called Fry Mesa, where you go up and it's in the mountains and you slide down these rocks into the holes, kind of like people go to Sedona to do, but everyone in the world goes there. We keep ours a little secret. So uh, basically mountain water area here in Southeastern Arizona. I love, I love the, Hey, I'll tell you kind of where it is, but you got to find it on your own. So I uh, can appreciate that. Doug, really appreciate the time, perspectives, thoughts, and insights uh, for those listening on the Life in the Front Office presented by Sudo Organic. Excited to uh, continue to follow what you can you know, do for, for all those different athletes, entrepreneurs, CEOs, uh, and, and your success along the way. So thank you and, and appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. And if you're interested, I'll go to theformulator.com. And if we can help you at all, we'd be glad to. Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.